0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Retro Encounter. This is episode 68, and today we are going to be talking about a wonderful roguelike, The Binding of Isaac. Uh, I'm Christopher DeBauer. I'm going to be your host for today, and on this podcast of Biblical Proportions, we also have Hee Kim Hello. and Robert Fender.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So, guys, we played this delightfully horrifying and uh, mind-bendingly cruel in its visuals game that is yet somehow super charming. (laughs) I'm not great at this game. (laughs) We were talking about this a little bit beforehand. I wish I was a lot better at this game because it is so creative and I desperately wish I could see everything. But, uh, yeah, I guess let's start off with our – do we have any history with Binding of Isaac? Have you guys poured hours into this game before we started – Handling it as a topic for the podcast.
2: Uh, yeah, sure. I guess. I guess. I'll yeah, start. Dog, um, so I played. I played a tiny bit of the Isaac when it first came out. I think it was like 2009 when it was just like a flash game, of mm-hmm. sorts. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't spend a lot of hours. But yeah, a lot of my favorite YouTubers were also playing the game at the time, so I just played around with it a little bit. Yeah. But I started sinking a lot of hours into it once it uh, was like, whatchamacallit, when it was like re-released on Steam as Rebirth. Rebirth, when, yeah. Yeah, when they had like, uh, when they actually put it out on a game engine and stuff. hmm So, yeah. So, ever since it came out then, I've played a lot of hours and i played a lot of hours, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, so, I... yeah. <laughs> Understandably, it is easy to get lost in this game. But how about you, Robert?
1: uh yeah um i was I was familiar with um some of edmund Mcmillan's uh flash output um mm-hmm. I played his his gross shoot 'em up the c word uh for quite a bit uh, yeah, yeah yeah and um when i heard but when I heard isaac was coming out i mean i I think you know they they announced the console port very very early on like years and years before it was ready, so I was thinking oh forever. I think maybe I'd, I'd like to play this on, on console, so I'll wait a few months, and like a few <laughs> yeah. months turned into something like three years, and I finally yep. picked up the vanilla version on Steam maybe in, in 2013, and put loads and loads of hours into that, and then when right. Rebirth dropped on uh, Vita, I picked that up and put um, even more hours into that, Um <laughs> It's, yeah, you know, as you said, it's it's an extremely sadistic roguelike, but one that yeah. <laughs> uh, the the death-to-restart time uh, and, and just, the, just the things that it throws at you, I find it to be an intensely replayable and addictive experience, no matter is. how cruel yeah. It, yeah, is. it is. So, yeah.
0: Does it with such a... I guess what would, would fascinates me, and you, you hinted on it right there, is that the, it, the game handles with its humor and its art style and everything else, everything with... A sadistic glee. Hmm. It's very tongue-in-cheek to me, and at the same time, very blunt and brutal. Again, not just because there's a ton of blood and grotesque and sprites for every bad guy, but also because, I mean, your weapon is tears. <laughs> <Start> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's game, true. Quite literally. It, and it evolves if you get power-ups into more powerful blood that you're crying. Yeah. At power-ups you're shoving into your body so that by the end of a run you look like some amorphous, strange thing with different kinds of uh, Frankenstein-like prods that I guess you're gathering electricity from. I don't know. I've had – and I know since you guys have put more hours, you could probably comment more on it, but it's just – everything is hilarious and toilet humor and absurd, but at the same time it's grounded in a biblical story. Uh, the actual, the binding of Isaac, Isaac and Abraham. Uh, so for those who do not or have not read the Bible, it is based on an Old Testament story very loosely, but, uh, this game is incredibly gross and intense and yet it pulls it off so brilliantly and with that cartoony style that it doesn't bother me. I mean, I remember when this game came out and people said it was too gross, Hmm. uh, not overwhelmingly. I mean, the game reviewed well and did well, and very similar to you, Rob. I only played it once it came to Vita, because I love that little thing. It will support it till the day it dies. Uh, and yeah, I waited three years for this game because it just it fascinated me in terms of its style and Super Meat Boy and Indie Game the Movie really uh, uh,
1: yeah. gave
0: uh, or put Edmund McMillan on my radar. And that was at about the time where I was really beginning to explore Steam in that marketplace a lot more. But, yeah, there, there's something just viciously wonderful about this game that I don't see elsewhere. And it's, I, I don't know, it's the tongue-in-cheek brutality. It's just, it, it's so charming and horrifying.
1: <laughs> I don't I, know how I, else to say it. I've, I've read some interviews with Macmillan where, he's he's stated that um the game is kind of loosely based on his experience growing up in yeah. in in a fundamentalist religious family and like some of yeah. some of the aspects like the the child abuse and um uh, Ma- uh the Magdalene character which is just Isaac mm-hmm. in a blonde wig um uh, apparently like i guess his father was like uh, abused and forced to wear a wig yes. as a child so like i guess it's you know part of him you know m- trying to make sense and not exactly yep. make life, make light of, but like come to terms with, you know, his, you know, his family's troubled background and his own way of coping with that, which, I mean, I, I guess laughter is the best medicine, I suppose. Totally.
0: But, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. It, similarly, I was reading a, a thing where he, he mentioned like growing up Catholic and mm. on the other side of his family, fundamental Christian and the balance between the two and enjoying church as a Catholic and being inspired and yet at the same time hearing them damn things that he loved like Dungeons and Dragons and other stuff. Hmm. because Especially in the 80s, that was that era of the Catholic Church hating everything that a lot of people began to fall in love with, like metal and D&D and anything that could be uh, conflated with the the occult and anything demonic. And there was a big pushback for a lot of the stuff and apparently Edmund McMillan was caught up in that a little bit and just clearly... And at least in this one thing I was reading, per your point, uh, Robert, is that he had a hard time grasping and really just kind of would shrug his shoulders being like, on one point I find this, on one hand I find it inspiring, but yet on the other hand, everything else that I enjoy it tells me is wrong and it hmm. doesn't add up and it doesn't seem to make sense. And then clearly I didn't know the part about his father, but you know, I'm sure tie in a lot of other very personal specific things. And you have a game that is just, uh, again, it's a fascinating cocktail.
2: I mean, I I hope his childhood wasn't nearly as traumatic as Isaac's. No,
0: no, where he, <laughs> thankfully, <where he's> like, <laughs> <laughs> thankfully, I think creativity inspired a lot there. But, yeah, I know, right? Yay, we're all trying to get out of the box.
2: I still have, you know, I still have trouble figuring out exactly what the story is, but from what I've played, he... It's like dying <laughs> throughout the entire course of the game, from what I've gathered. Yeah, and yeah,
0: that is a quite... that is a very common theory. Actually, I was reading a little bit last night to see what people have been able to kind of come to terms with about the game, and mm. for the most part, it sounds it sounds like you're pretty spot on, he.
3: Yeah.
0: So I guess we should talk about how this game functions. Uh, it's a roguelike like. It's I since I played it on a controller I can only speak to how it feels in in that sense. And it's you use the D pad or left joystick to move around, and you use the right joystick or uh your on PlayStation it's your uh sacred symbol buttons to shoot in the four directions. And it starts with you being banished to your room by your mother who's been spoken to by God while watching one of her Christian television shows and tells her that her son isaac needs to be punished and is 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 well has sinned and needs the sin stripped from his life so he gets locked in his room and all his fun things and toys taken away and then god tells isaac isaac's mother to kill him as a sacrifice similar to the story in the bible but instead of a a ram in the bushes, and God saying, "Oh no, 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 no! You, you showed me that you cared. You were all good." She tries to kill her son, and he escapes in a hatch in the basement. And the game is you, constantly trying to find a way out of death. And as Dung He mentioned, it doesn't really seem to happen. <laughs> but you go from room to room, and using your, at first, as I said before, your tears as a weapon, you shoot and run and bomb your way to some kind of ending. And while the game is not, incre- I, I mean, it's nuanced in terms of its variety and how deep the systems are, but what I find so impressive about this game is that at its core, it is so simple. It hmm. is just move, shoot in directions, find the boss room, move on.
1: It's like a poop-filled Zelda 1 dungeon.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. That is so spot on. Yeah, it really is. And yet, which is also you know, the one of the main inspirations. Robert, ladies and gentlemen, is on point. <laughs> on point. But, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I wish I was so much better at this game, because I haven't been able to see a lot of the endgame. But, uh, Dung-Yi, you mentioned it, there's just something about it that the second I die, I'm just like, damn it! I wish, you know, that, that shouldn't have happened, should have been smarter, should have dodged that, whatever. And then I Immediately restart. Yeah, so much yeah. so that there are days where you look at I lo- I've looked at my watch and it's been four in the morning and I'm sitting in bed with my feet. <laughs> like, that was this was a bad idea. There are things that need to be done, but yeah, it it just it's the it is one of those perfect one more time games. Uh, I don't know. I, it's weird uh, with the power up specifically. Uh, is there anything, I guess, in terms of gameplay that stood out to either of you, He Since I know you've put in a, a ton of time. And you've seen this game evolve. Well, both of you have to an extent, but you've especially since you touched it when it was a flash game. I only know it with its. I only know Binding of Isaac with its at least you know four hundred <laughs> items or whatever the hell it is that yeah, you can pick up as it went. But I know when it started, that was there was a lot less of that. Uh, uh, yeah. Wh- in terms of how the games evolved, do you remember where it was when you first saw it and played it versus now the kind of cornucopia of options available in it
2: uh well like the well when it was like still just a flash game it was <laughs> i don't remember it being like distinctly like much harder like for instance really? like yeah even with if you picked up like all the overpowered items it didn't guarantee that you would like win that run for instance like wow uh, like in like in rebirth, if you pick up something like uh brimstone or mom's knife, you 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 basically won the run pretty much. You can you can reach most end game bosses too, with like some degree of consistency. But in the original flash game, it was just so much more like punishing. Like where where brimstone and mom's knife would like greatly increase your odds of getting that, but it wasn't mm-hmm. nearly as like guaranteed wow. as before. And I think that part of that has to do with how like as you mentioned like how many more items there are in Rebirth and how many mm-hmm. more like busted synergies there are like Brimstone yeah. and Brimstone and Flash in the Flash version didn't really have a lot of synergies if if I remember correctly huh, you just okay. could you could like uh, tears up like fire rate ups for it mm-hmm. but in like uh, in Rebirth you can do some crazy stuff like like Brimstone and tiny planet and you basically have this giant tuba of like a laser, of like a blood laser <laughs> around you when you fire, so like no enemy can touch you while you're firing and like stuff like that, and like that made rebirth a lot more fun for me. Right. But at the same time, it also made it a lot like a lot easier, which I don't think is like a bad thing. But it was just something no. I noticed while playing.
0: And what's fascinating is it's still very much up to chance whether you get those you know game-breaking items hmm. or yeah. not. Unless I'm missing something, and there's a way to guarantee certain items, and I've been seeds. cheated.
1: But that's easily yeah, okay. cheating.
0: Wh- what are yeah. they- I'm I'm going to be made fun of for this. Yay Twitter, but clearly I'm not good enough to know what seeds are because I haven't seen them. What are oh. seeds?
1: Oh, you will. Um like if you press <laughs> pause, day. uh no, yeah, if 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 you press pause, it'll, you know, display a a like a code in the corner and that yeah, yeah. that code is assigned to that specific makeup of the run. So, you know, like people will share their own codes which, you know, Determine what uh, items you get, what bosses you see, and you can enter that at the beginning of a run. But I, I, I think that might disable achievements. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, that does. Yeah, for yeah for after yeah
2: for rebirth, it definitely disables achievements. So it's more of like is a that, practice is, thing than a.
1: I was going to yeah.
0: say, is that how the speedrunning community handles the game? They have a set code that they know that they're going to use, kind of thing. Uh,
2: I think I don't think they actually. I, well, I, I don't know. Maybe they do. I should
0: double-check, because I, yeah. I, I just know that I was watching a speed run the other night. The guy beat it in, what, eight and a half minutes, and I'm just staring there going, I wish. <laughs> <Yeah>. One day. <laughs>
3: I wish.
2: I think I read somewhere that seeded that runs were... I think they're more frowned upon in Rebirth, just because of how much more, mm. like, broken like stuff you, you said, can get. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. Makes sense.
2: So, But in, like, I think in the original, you could just, like, yeah, you could just seed yourself with the most like, overpowered items in like the first room and then just try and speed through it because even then, <laughs> you weren't guaranteed to win. So it was still pretty much a skill factor. Right, right, right.
0: And that's, that's what's great about all roguelikes and the kind of resurgence of roguelikes, at least in these last few years, and on console specifically, because I know Steam and PC has always supported the genre to an extent. But, I mean, th- when the right balance is struck... And you know we talked about Rogue Legacy in our last episode, uh, which I think is another fantastic example. But in Binding of Isaac as well, when the balance is struck, and here it definitely is, it's the most addictive loop I can imagine. Like we uh, we've talked in the past about on this podcast and elsewhere on the site about the RPG loot loop, like a Diablo 3 or something else that. Mm-hmm. You know, the one more, the one more green item, the one more legendary, whatever keeps you going with that fact that you know that the next whatever is right around the corner. And what I love about roguelikes and more so in Binding of Isaac, if we're going to compare it specifically to Rogue Legacy from a few weeks back, is that the items are so out there and crazy. And like I mentioned, I, I mean, I put in good time, but. I haven't put in an, an infinite amount of time in this game, so I've yet to see nearly everything. So it still surprises me. And as dong he mentioned, even if I'm finding something I've experienced before or an item I've had before, I might combine it with something new or something maybe that I also knew, but I didn't realize what the combination and what the synergies are going to be. And all of a sudden, something totally weird has happened with Isaac and as it's happening his character model is morphing and all the rest of it.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just
0: it's so simple and I don't again I don't mean that in its systems. I just mean in if you look at it on the screen uh panel to panel room to room it seems so simple. And yet spending 10 minutes with it you understand that there is incredible depth. And I love that. It's 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 not minimalism but it because it just isn't in this game. There's too much at at stake, but there definitely is that less is more mentality, and I love how streamlined it feels. But at the same time, again, I know that that's not the case. It it just it it feels like you have to get better to be better at this game, or super lucky.
3: Hmm.
0: But it's also not terribly cripplingly hard. Yeah, like I do a Souls game in that. You know what you did wrong. It no, was on it you. Yeah. Usually, usually, sometimes yeah, RNG
1: gets very in the way. Yeah, sometimes just yeah. some re- <laughs> really nasty item placements. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Oh, that, no, that for sure. Yeah. Why, is it, why is it around spikes in the middle of a <laughs> hole that I can't reach and won't from <laughs> the majority of this front? Thank you. But, yeah, it's just, ah, I don't know. There's, there's something about everything, art style included. It just strikes the right chord. And like, and you joked about it before. It's the most poop-filled Zelda dungeon. Hmm. There's poop everywhere in this game, and blood, and and urine. <laughs> it's the most visceral <laughs> body fluid game, and yet it works.
1: I think Rebirth's um, redrawing of the characters in in chip art was a real, uh, it was a real good move, personally.
0: Ah, I, think I didn't, it, I, think I, I didn't see the original well. them. Ah, uh, it's in like next...
1: kind of more flash styled.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, although, that
2: makes sense. Yeah, although at times I kind of miss the hand-drawn mm. style I do think, yeah. I do think Rebirth looks a lot cleaner.
0: Jeez, I mean, oh, it I, looks I like both. it looks great. Yeah. They have their merits. <laughs> they have their purposes. <laughs> now we've been talking about items. Are there any combos that have gotten either of you either to beat the game or gotten you the farthest in any run? Is there anything that you you'd desperately dream of every time you play the game to hopefully find around the corner.
2: Um, hmm, I'm going to uh, there've there've been a couple um that have taken to completion. Uh, nice. Oh, more than a couple. Like usually uh like I used to I used to hate the Ludovico technique, Ludovico technique. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a thing where like you're like you just have one singular tier that just like floats around that you control right. and it floats around and i used to think that was like the most like garbage item ever like you just had like like you just went from like shooting things to now you just have to like awkwardly steer around this tier while having to dodge enemies but <laughs> combining that with brimstone yes is crazy
3: <laughs>
2: you get this like giant blood laser ring of doom And then if you have like homing on top of that, that thing like seeks out enemies for you. So it's like (laughs) you can just like you can just plant it in the middle of a room, and then it will just kill
1: everyone, and you can just move on to the next room. How about you, Rob? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Well, that's basically what I was going to say as well. I mean, Brimstone plus Ludovico is basically like the win button. So you know, you can either be encased in this in this ring uh, and um, pretty much be invincible, or you know, send it out with the right stick and just move it all across the screen in this wave of death. Um, but I feel like, ah, that's, I mean, that's like the most memorable one for me. Uh, and I keep hoping really? to encounter it again. Um, and I never do. Uh, but, um, I, I like playing as, um, as a a lot who starts with Brimstone mm-hmm. and flight, mm-hmm. um, who's, I think he's unlocked by making three, three deals with the devil in a single run. Um, and he he's got no he starts with no permanent hearts, but he's got he's got these three black hearts. Where if they're depleted, they'll damage everybody on screen. Um, and like unlike the unlike the ghost um, from the super hidden character, he he is capable of gaining hearts. So um, you know if you get the right collection of uh, power ups and health upgrades, uh, and, and you know speed and damage upgrades, uh, Azazel quickly becomes pretty much unstoppable um hmm. and he, he it's a hell of a lot of fun to take him into the the, the big boss rush uh that happens yeah, yeah, yeah. after oh, you yeah. beat mm-hmm. mom yeah so um i i azazel has quickly become my jam
0: i haven't played with him yet i gotta really try that i've been i don't know why i have just really stuck with isaac i've unlocked a bunch of hmm. other characters but i've I haven't I haven't messed around too much with the with the other skins and their varying abilities. But now that you've just explained it, <laughs> I've got a feeling I'm gonna be that little tiny baby angel of death for a while.
1: Eve is pretty good as well. She's got like a sort of a rage uh, mechanic where when she takes damage, she transforms into a into a horrible death dealing creature.
0: God, this game oh, yeah. is so creative. Uh,
1: she's like the <laughs> she's like
2: the emo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, I th- yeah, I think. I think one of the things that really made me like stick with the game was just like how like thematically coherent the characters are, hmm. like with their gameplay, kind of like Azazel is like this like like spawn of like, devil mm-hmm. and like devil demon, so he like has no red hearts and he's like flying, and then he has like like the I get what I'm assuming is like the signature like demon tier ability which is brimstone and then uh whatchamacallit like judas like you like he's like the traitor so he and so he only starts with like one life but he also has like a lot of damage as well and it's like yeah i I just think it's like cool to see how like the like the nuances with each of the characters like in terms of like what their themes evolve around and how their gameplay also like Hmm. is incorporated into that theme and with like Eve as well, where she starts off, where she starts off, where like if you take her down to one heart, she gets like a damage and a speed boost. Yeah, yeah. it sort of it it sort of like ties into her like emo character as well, which I thought was pretty funny.
0: So I do like uh, it's always great when you can create abilities for a character that feed uh, a personality, and I yeah. say personality even in a game where your characters aren't talking. But I, hmm. to your point, I think it still rings true. Especially if if you design your characters correctly, yeah. Then the abilities that they have, people will go, "Oh, that's awesome!" And again, it's just that extra little touch of it all comes together.
1: Judas but, has, uh, Judas has got yeah. his ten pieces of silver, but also notably, yes. he's he's wearing a fez because Edmund Astound- McMillan's got beef with Phil Fish.
0: <laughs> oh my god that's right. I didn't connect that dot but you're totally yeah, right. Yeah,
1: like, he came out and said that it that's that's what it was. But... Okay. Oh man.
0: <laughs> oh man. But I think it's, it's more like sharing like a, a movie a, with
1: him. Like a a lighthearted
0: jab rather than I'm sure it is. Yeah. I yep, yeah, I mean Phil Fish is a fascinating person. <laughs> Maybe we'll talk about one other day. Yeah. But uh Yeah, I mean that's also I guess a a great little thing and then I kind of want to talk about what we think the story is a little bit with this game because it, it is so wonderfully vague. But, I mean, Ed McMillan is, I mean, it's kind of fascinating because he's been making games flash for forever, New Grounds and other spaces. You know, one of those kind of uh, last bastions of the pre-YouTube uh, era and all the rest of it, and really, and Steam and everything else. But, I mean, I remember watching indie game, the movie back, Back when, and seeing the story of of you know Super Meat Boy and well, and Phil Fish and Fez and and Jonathan Blow a little bit, but the guy seems like the funniest, goofiest, just affable human being at McMillan. And Meat Boy was a success that let him do whatever he wanted afterwards. And you know this was the first huge 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 project well it you know there was a few others that got <laughs> ported over but this was he, i remember everyone talking about this every media outlet was covering this from its inception of oh my god this game is so creative oh my god oh my god and yeah i i, I don't know i it still stuns me we've talked about you know the world that the game takes place in, what it looks like, how gross and all the rest of it. The monsters you face are all abortions and weird, strange, horrible amalgamations <laughs> of human flesh. Like it's, it's, it's so out there. And this is a game that if it was made by most people, I won't say everyone but Edmund, but if it was made by most people, I think it would have been torn apart. And granted, there was a lot of backlash to this game. But it was drowned out by how much love there was for it, and i was I remember, yeah, because there's always going to be people if you're if you're talking about their religion are not going to be totally happy if it's not painted in what they perceive to be a good way, and At I least think he has got that, a
1: history to back it up though
0: yes, no, totally, and that but even if he didn't, I think it's you sure know, you're telling your own story and as as the creator, it's up to you, but there's always going to be a backlash, but this guy because of his work before, of how he's been in the community, and also the wonderful success of Meat Boy and how it really, I mean, launched his career in a major sense. I mean, again, he's made phenomenal games without it, but that was the mega financial success. And then he became the Darling. And he used that, I mean, this is sound ridiculous, but he really did use that power for good. Like, the guy made a game that... He had been thinking of for a while. I was like, screw it, let's do it. Yeah. It. I know I've been a little tongue-tied throughout this podcast, but the creativity on hand in this game really blows me away in every facet. And it to me, it's a it's a true gem. Not in the sense of people don't know about it, but in the sense of full package. And I know people. Mm-hmm have talked about it with it it's going to be the newest version of binding of isaac is going to be a quote-unquote launch title for the new nintendo switch uh and people knock it a lot of that console's launch lineup because most of them are ports of games that are more than a year old and one of those of course is binding of isaac but knowing it's a new version i I don't know like i when i heard that news i was jealous i was like oh man they're gonna have so many more cool things on the switch than i have and i'm sure patches would tell me otherwise i think (laughs) and i'm just crazy stuff's
1: gonna be a dlc on pc and maybe PS4. i'm not sure but
0: i'm sure but in my head all i'm thinking of is like they're gonna get a more advanced (laughs) version of this game (laughs) how dare they and then i remember and then i immediately thought afterwards i was like that's that's awesome that I'm that upset about <laughs> this wonderful little game having more content that I might not have access to. I don't – it's just it, – again, it's in every level I think this game shines. I really don't have – and it's not, this is not saying it's you know, a perfect game by any means, but really outside of small gripes like, again, RNG, how the items are available to you sometimes getting destroyed by my own bomb when i think i'm clearly out of the way. You now those little gripes that you have with any game that's designed like this in terms of to be hard uh and a challenge. But yeah, it's just and i keep saying charming even though again, it's filled with feces. But it is. <laughs> yeah. And it really stuns me that i say that every time. It's like how is this game charming? One of my favorite weapons is drinking lemonade and peeing everywhere and melting enemies. Like it is. I think that's one of the funniest things, that my pee is volatile. I can clear a room with urine. But you know what? I kind of buy it. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: and I used to think as a kid that my urine was weaponized. Like, I totally get it. <laughs> it could cut through snow. It could cut through a person, right?
1: This, this, the, the, the kid logic of, it's fantastic. It, It's great. It's it really harkens back to that sort of, you know, um like a dark twist on on make believe and you know crass toilet humor. It's it's really yeah. it's really smart.
0: It's this weird biblical grim fairy tale. But there's no moral <laughs> it's, not, it's not really a fairy tale. There's
2: just despair. <laughs>
0: it's just sadness and ever never ending. But yeah, uh I guess we we in terms of the story of the game, you know we had to, I, I'd mentioned before just the intro, and Hee, you had said uh, a little bit more to what I think the core of the game is about, which is super sad. but uh, what do you guys glean from the story of this game? Like what have you been able to piece together from the multiple endings and the the tr- uh, the consistent trek onward down into the depths? And uh, the weird, monstrous creations you fight along the way. Uh, Spoilers allowed? Yes, very much so. Uh, To be fair, if you are this far into the podcast and have been listening for a while, we spoil. We talk openly. (laughs) If you have not played, you absolutely should. Uh, But yes, we are going to talk about what this game might potentially mean.
1: I think this game is so um, vague and leave so much up to interpretation that, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I guess spoilers, but, I mean, at the same time, like, what you take away from it yourself oh, yeah. would be really, you know, what it means. So. Yes,
0: I think it is your own creation mentally. Whatever you can piece together and how the pieces fit is what it means to you. But I don't know if there's a 100% a right answer to your point.
2: Um, well, from, like, what what I've understood from the story, at mm-hmm. least, up until like the latest DLC and everything is that
3: sure.
2: Isaac like, is basically trapped in his room and mm-hmm. his mom is trying to kill him and she's right outside his door and he's basically feeling like if you if you look at if you look at the cutscenes, it like there's something about like his family being unhappy with him or having sort of miscarriage some sorts i think that's what the what maggie the character maggie represents hmm. but basically and then like he has he's like he's like basically like thinking what like what went wrong with my life and up until the latest dlc what basically what i basically understood was he trapped himself in his chest and he's slowly suffocating to death and that is like that is like (laughs) that is like super depressing but that's like that's like actually like the that's like what I understood from the story so far, mm-hmm. and like the and like the various things with, like fighting his fighting mom and fighting like mom's heart and stuff. It's like yeah, I think yeah, it's it's like everything's just like a psychological battle for him, like coming to terms with like how he like hurt his mom, I guess, or how he thinks he hurt his mom, yeah, for his for his family to end up this way.
0: The torn photo item is the huge one that kind of was the first one that really made me think about it uh which is a picture of him you know the family torn up Mm -hmm. and i'd never thought like again to the to me going to the to that simplicity it was just a really fun roguelike and phenomenal art style with a little bit of a theme to it but that item and i didn't even see this on the playthrough of mine i was A friend was was playing the game and that's how (laughs) i became aware of of really what happens in this game because like i said not the best at it but uh that was the first time i I kind of really considered that factor of oh yeah this is a kid who's at least in the story whose father left or isn't there but has has left Mm -hmm. potentially a child in the family is also gone And it's Isaac and his mother both dealing with this in separate ways, and his mother turns to uh, her her stories and her Christian stories, and Isaac is in his world of toys and his drawings, which is how all the cutscenes are presented in the game, are his drawings. And... You know, at the end of every... Whenever you defeat a boss and go to the next level, there's another little drawing. And it's usually some show of Isaac being tormented or made fun of or ridiculed. Uh, whether it be the wig or something else or opening a a present box and it's filled with crap. Like, actual So crap. Yeah, so,
2: some of them are pretty funny. Like, where he gets pooped on by, like, yeah, two kids yeah. repeatedly.
0: Yeah. And it's and <laughs> very... And, When I first played, I was like, where is this coming from? But as time goes on, uh, and this ties into what you were saying, Hee, because I do believe that this is a game where he is quite literally going through the metaphor of delving further into his mind to escape the reality of his death. And that that idea of climbing into the chest at the end of it all, it's just like... It's the opposite of what you'd expect. You're usually supposed to go get something from the chest and move on.
3: Hmm. But he's
0: climbing in. And it's and I this I don't have as much to back up, but uh, one of my main jobs day-to-day is I narrate audiobooks, and I was very lucky last year to record one about child abuse. It was really depressing, very sad book. Don't listen to it. It'll make you sad. But uh, I remember reading it, and there was a lot of... Uh, Abuse about uh, going on in the life of this young boy. He's about 12 and reading it. It was incredibly moving and horrifying. And I remember constantly thinking, this is so absurd. This is not, this can't be, you know, what someone in a relationship like this could go through. This has to be an exaggeration. And that was my mind in a lot of ways, just trying to deal with the fact that if this does happen to people, that's soul crushingly sad. Uh, but afterwards, I did a little research and found out that, oh, no, there really are many stories of abuse that terrible and all the rest of it. And interestingly enough, I, this game, playing it recently, and uh, not uh, when the first many times I've tried to be good at this game, but following that, uh, that job, I don't know, just the, every hmm. item, everything you find it it was so much more clear to me that this is a kid who is constantly abused, at least within the the confines of the game. And it's not just uh, sick humor. There actually is something pretty troubling at the center of it. And along that mindset, Dong-hee, I began to, to think as well that this is just someone constantly trying to escape going deeper and deeper in. And at the end, when you're facing versions of yourself and other crazy stuff, it's all, it all ties into this idea of just not trying to accept this reality of impending doom and trying to just go farther into his imagination to find some other escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't really have, again, since I haven't been able to go through as much as the two of you I don't have as much, as many details to really pull from, but yeah, I really, it, it, it took me a long time to start thinking about the game this way, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's just another layer that, and I could be completely off base, but I'm fine with that. Because to your point, Rob, earlier is that this game really lets you put it together, the puzzle pieces, however you see. It basically just dumps the box and goes, here's everything in the game. If you'd like, you can assemble you know, a full picture. If not, just pick up a few pieces every time you go through and have a great time and build a small picture like Legos. Like You can do a little small project, <clears throat> <laughs> or you can use all the pieces in the box and try to build a masterpiece. It's up to you. You know, a, a lot of these... Piece
1: endings you know directly contradict each other so i mean i guess you know yeah, you can, exactly you, you the, can choose to take one of them as canon or like my take is personally very similar to both of yours that you know they're they're hope spots um or or fantasies that are mm-hmm. you know trying to get away from a much darker outcome
0: the hope mm. yeah and i mean for a game that's so irreverent and goofy how awesomely depressing. I mean, it's just, like...
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I found the, uh, uh, the... The Isaac fight in the cathedral, I found mm-hmm. that to be pretty, sort of, like, a moment where I went, like, wow, this game is actually, like, pretty, like, profound oh. to some degree. It's like... Yeah. Like, you know, it's like Isaac... It's Isaac... And, like, the very stages of the fight as well, where Isaac's, like, lying down and he's, like, crying... And the more you like Ugh. battle with him, the more like awakened he becomes. And then when you finally defeat him, he's like freed and he like flies away. And like, I like, I sort of interpreted that as like a part of like him just like coming to terms with himself and like his actions and like his past.
0: So and being yeah. okay with it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. I mean, God, it's so dark. Yeah.
1: <laughs> there's, there's the, again? the whole the blue baby. Uh, character and boss as well.
0: Um, yeah, um, w- I, I haven't personally fought that boss, so please, please explain. Yeah, um, that's uh, that's <laughs> it's a playable character
1: that's unlockable, but it's also it's also the boss of Isaac's toy chest, and it, it's yeah. kind of you know it's basically meant to be his corpse. A- what I what I've gathered is it's it's his corpse after he's suffocated to death. In the chest, I mean, I believe one of the endings that you can get is him opening the chest and seeing, seeing uh, himself blue and suffocated inside, and um, I, I guess like, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to defeat this uh, outcome that he is is fated to be um, makes it feel like a, a very um, fruitless and, and particularly sad end to yep. to an Isaac run.
0: That was one reason why I wanted to uh, to have you. Go into depth on that. Is that that idea of that's who that's probably
3: uh-huh.
0: what Isaac is going through,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and every while everything else is happening. You know, the game is whatever is going on in his mind while he's suffocating in a trunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's why I wanted you to to talk about it. Is that when I when I saw a good run of this game and didn't play it, uh, that was it was that run where I saw the letter. I mean uh, the photograph and saw Blue Isaac or that blue baby Isaac version for the first time and that was, that was the first time I thought about how this game might be dealing with this kid's <laughs> crippling, crippling <laughs> situation I mean, Yeah, but yeah, again, for a game that's so irreverent and goofy and bizarre with its designs, I think it's very easy and understandably and, and it's, no, there's no opinion coming from me on this but it's really easy To just play the game for the sake of the the game. Because, again, great mechanics. Simple, but it works, and it's clever, and it's always changing, always evolving.
3: Hmm.
0: You you know, every time you play, because it's always going to change. But at its core, there's something really, as you said, somewhat profound and troubling that actually makes you think. And that is a very hard balance to strike. Granted, it's a balance that was found through almost infinite layers of <clears throat> can you figure it out for yourself? Of what can you make of it? And you can only really start to answer those questions for yourself by playing the game a bunch and seeing endings and experiencing all the bosses. Because <clears throat> one thing I forgot to well, I forgot to kind of strike on before is that the boss at the end of each uh, floor is, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, it's randomized in terms of which one you fight when.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm.
0: So you don't exactly see every boss in a run.
1: You know, more and more become unlocked as you, you know, yeah. uh, gain achievements yeah. or or complete runs. You know, four horsemen start showing up at one point. Or, yeah. Or uh, good old Krampus. <laughs> well, I haven't saw my saw Krampus. great. That's great. Also. <laughs> That's great. It, it, I, I think it's, it's brilliant how you know achievements, uh, especially in the Steam version. I'm, I, I know the PS4 version has, has far less. Uh, yes, it has trophies, it has less. but um, yeah, I like the fact that it you know they they reward you with um, tougher bosses that may or may not appear. Mm-hmm. Although yeah.
2: I will say that a couple of the bosses are like just from a gameplay standpoint, they're just like why would you put them there or like why were they designed this way?
0: But yeah, besides that. We were talking about I the thought, RNG luck early on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There definitely – sometimes you'll fight a boss on basement floor one. And you're just like, why? Why? <laughs> this is not – this is – this should be at the end. Yeah. This is not where I should be facing this person and restarting the run now. Great. Great. Yeah, great. yeah I. Yeah. It's a – I love it because we now uh, – I mean, again, Steam has had this for a, a, a good while now but that marketplace is also uh very oversaturated. But I, I I love that roguelikes are a hot commodity again. Yeah,
3: like
0: because uh... it's endless. It it is it is absolutely endless.
3: Mm-hmm. As
0: you guys have played uh you're, we were saying before around 100 hours maybe more. I've gotten not I'm not there yet, but I've easily done half if not more than half of that. And yet there's, it always feels like there's something else to learn or something else to find. And, and that, I don't know, that, that curiosity, that kind of, that little spark of, I wonder what else there is. What else can this game teach me or show me? I haven't unlocked everything. I haven't seen every item. Uh, it, it, and then thematically with the game, we were talking about the childish nature of it, and it seems to all be coming from the perspective of a kid. There is this weird, take out the the morbid side of it all, there is this wonderful innocence to the game of, you're a kid, crying, naked, and you're shooting tears at people, and you look super adorable, and you're doing weird things. You're like, what is this kid going to come up against next? And it, roguelikes, because they are always changing with each run, are inherently replayable to the end of days but usually they're not as nuanced with what you find.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Usually it's more like a... It's a strategy game, but it's uh, it's got roguelike elements. Like Invisible Ink is a game I've been playing recently. Very good. Uh, that's a fantastic game. Yeah, I just started playing uh, that as well. Oh, I like that game way more than I thought I would. Really <laughs> like <laughs> it's a gem. But uh, what's great is, you know, even if you fail on a run, just like in something like Mind of Isaac, you're unlocking... With experience gained from a run, you know, a new character or a new uh, something, a new item that you might happen upon during your run and blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, a, another great roguelike right now is Crypt of the Necrodancer, which takes the genre and does something totally different with it. <laughs> but it's fantastic. And that, that novelty is, is what drives that game because it's so different and wonderful. And it changes the formula that's so similar. You know, it... At making it a rhythm game, while in practice is so much more dynamic and changes everything. It's such a that becomes so much more. And what I lo- and again going back to Binding of Isaac, is it just seems to me that there are so many of those ideas. More so that I see in a normal game. There's just so much going on, uh, and it it really kind of stands above the rest in that way. And that's what's weird. It's not even my favorite roguelike, but just how everything's put together and just every perspective it shows. Again, this weird, goofy world, but the premise is super dark, and yet you're this kid who, you know, in a challenge mode is wearing, if you do, like, the lemon challenge, you're wearing a nun hat and you have the ability to peel Like, all this absurdity, and yet at its yeah. core, it's so dark. It just it constantly impresses me how this game balanced everything. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed Absolutely. to be this easy, and of course it probably wasn't. I'm sure it was really hard to make this game. I'm just a dude who plays them. Wow, well, I mean that's
1: that's the thing though. That's the other thing that drives me crazy about this. I mean, how quickly they made it. Yeah, it was like supposed to be his little <laughs> vacation game after finishing Meat Boy. It's like, oh, be in his and, and Florrie was Hensel. on vacation. Well, yeah, <laughs> we'll do it in three months, and then it's that's, it's just. Yeah. they've just been improving on it for you know five five six seven years which you know it's it's great that they've been you know that it's been so iterative um over the course of the past decade mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but i mean just how quickly they banged that initial one out it's like oh god
0: it's so yeah, it feels like cheating it really does what a guy it's it's it, seriously because it's like you just said it's so good and they did it so quickly hmm. it feels like i'm missing something uh I think that that guy speaks to some kind of higher race that helps him out with his creations. <laughs> but like, yeah, totally. You nailed it, Robert. It shouldn't be as awesome as it is. And I think the fact that it is, is just this great, this great little testament to achievement. Hmm. <laughs> I think it's just like, yay, someone did it. Someone gets it and can actually deliver on that promise of, oh, yeah, I'm going to make a game. And uh, it's going to be this little thing, and let's go have some fun. And then it shows up, and people are like, oh, this is just going to be a distraction. And it ends up being just this incredibly deep system-based game. I just, like, I can't get over how much is in this. Like I said, I asked you before about what are the game-breaking items that you've come across. And you guys talked about Brimstone and and, uh, Ludovico Technique i haven't I haven't been able to uh to delightfully break the game yet uh, I gotten close a few times where I felt like certain items were just delightfully overpowered <laughs> but you yeah maybe it's it's the the Gradius in me, but I love just being super <laughs> fast and having you know giant speed boosts and running around rooms like I'm some kind of hopped up jackrabbit mm-hmm. but uh yeah i I wish I wish the game was so much more obviously complex because it wouldn't sound like I'm talking myself into circles. But yeah, it's a I mean yeah, it's, I mean, it's,
2: it's the, really a special game. Yeah, I mean the yeah, just the details in the game are mm-hmm. amazing. Like like uh like a, like have you gotten any of the transformations yet where like you pick yes. up like a set of like specific items and then you like yes. transform like i just think it's hilarious that you can pick up three syringes and you just like become <laughs> this junkie yep. or you pick up like three pieces of like isaac's horrifyingly dead cat and then you become his cat
0: oh and, i have like, seen that one
2: yeah i mean it's yeah i mean stuff like that's <laughs> like and like and like you know how like how like oh you pick up this item and then like you sort of look like this little devil, and then you pick up this item, and then you have nails in your eyes. All of a sudden, it's like the yep. like the like the details. Like I, have to, like I have a lot of screenshots on Steam where I'm just like, <laughs> how did my character end up looking this way? Yeah, like, you like, like I, when you like, it's like I look like Jason Voorhees with a nun habit. It's it's like what? How did the, it,
0: what? <laughs> like you turn Isaac around to walk to the to the top of the screen. And all of a sudden you realize that there are three things jammed into the back of his skull that you couldn't <laughs> see when you're walking left to right. And you're like, What? Yeah. <laughs> I missed that entirely. So oh my a, god, child, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like a syringe sticking out yeah. from the back of the neck. Or, Just cause. Or, Don't worry, yeah. it's safe. Like a build, building most...
1: meat boy or bandage girl. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, can you do that? Yeah. You can. Oh. Before horsemen drop I the love it. I didn't know that. Oh, boy. It yeah, starts like, with just like you know a, a little blob one of, of most, meat and then eventually the, turns like the, into yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah Meat boy badge um i think two
2: of the most hilarious items in the game though are it's called they're called number 1 and number 2 and respectively they represent mm-hmm. going to going to take a tinkle or going to take a poop but like like if you pick up number 1 and then you start shooting tear, start shooting tears from your groin, and like they're young. Nice. And it's like it's like it's like just like the small details like no, that. Certainly. Or like number two is like while you are shooting tears, like you randomly just poop bombs. It's like it's like the little details like that, like Love really it. just like make the game for me. And the fact that those items can be used to like break the game as well, just like adds to the replayability.
0: And I again, think. I mean, you you just you are explaining these items, and I am laughing. And that's just such an, a direct counterpoint <laughs> to what we think the game is about. I mean, I yeah. just <laughs> – I love that balance. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, personally, I, I – clearly, I've made it clear that I think this game is fantastic even though it's, it's gotten the better of me a hundred out of a hundred times. Hmm. Uh, I mean, do you guys have any, any final thoughts about this, this little delight? Robert or Dong? dong is there anything uh, that sticks out to you that uh, that we haven't covered? What do you think we've gotten pretty much, pretty much everything I mean, about this little gem?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things I also, I guess I should mention is that within US DLC, the difficulty has gotten a lot closer to what it was in the flash game. Like oh, okay. Rebirth, yeah, like with like rebirth was super easy, but with afterbirth and afterbirth plus,
1: the difficulty stuff mm-hmm. definitely gone up a lot. So yeah, there's nice. that. I'm, yeah, I haven't gotten those yet. I mean, they're not available on on Vita anyway, and I I, mm-hmm. I don't have yeah, the yeah. Steam version of, of Rebirth yet. I will get it eventually, but like I've, I'm I'm kind of scared to um, <laughs> to get you know. As much as I want to see the new stuff that's in the DLC, I mean, the upping the difficulty. Oh boy! I I mean, you know, when you beat the game five times, you get that every everything is terrible achievement, which you know increases the difficulty exponentially. Um, And to just you know like add extra layers onto that, I mean, like it's you know I I I will beat that game maybe five times, and then uh, it becomes much harder for me to have a successful run. So um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit conflicted about about the DLCs at the moment. Friend of mine who's really <laughs> into it, I mean, he, he feels that like he I think he was having a better time before getting afterbirth, but is still yeah I mean, thankful for what it yeah, is. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean afterbirth and afterbirth
2: plus introduce some like ridiculous rooms. Like like an afterbirth plus you'll have like six like champion super fatties when you don't even have an Jeez. item yet in the next room. And you're, just, Man. and you're just like what am I supposed to do against that? Nothing.
0: But, That's the answer. The,
2: yeah. But at the same time, those DLCs also introduced a ton of just, like, standalone busted items. So, like, it it kind of balances out. But if you don't get any of those items, then you're just, like, just left with a (laughs) much more difficult
1: game.
0: The Everyone's a Glass Cannon DLC. (laughs) I like
1: (laughs) it. I I will say that um, Binding of Isaac's um, success and and, uh, effect has... Influenced a high number of high-quality roguelikes that, yeah, that everybody true, should actually. check out. I mean, things like um, Nuclear Throne. Um, yes. My personal favorite at the moment: um, Enter the Gungeon, which is kind of like yeah, a mix yeah, between you know. Isaac and, and Nuclear yep. Throne. Uh, yep. Which I think, like, I <laughs> the I game like is it so ridiculous. I like it a lot. Um, I think that maybe its levels are a little bit too long, um, mm-hmm. so like the time to to restart. Uh, which I've praised Isaac for. I, I think it's a little bit too lengthy with Gungeon, but I still think it's it's an absolutely stunning uh mm-hmm. and very addictive game. So mm-hmm.
0: Dung here, there actually this is a good point since we just did uh two podcasts themed on roguelikes. Are there any roguelikes that you've been playing recently or that you would call out to anyone as well? I like this. I well mean, done Rob. Good
2: idea. I mean, like I mean, like Robert said, I've been I've been playing a little bit of Enter the Gungeon and that's like, yeah, I've been having a lot of fun in that.
0: Where you lot. have a gun that can shoot guns that shoots more bullets that can shoot guns. <laughs> to shoot bullets.
2: who like have guns.
0: <laughs> it's or the, amazing.
2: Or the shotgun shell that shoots shotguns. It's like, yeah, I just that? love it. <laughs> I love
0: it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess uh, yeah. I would throw in, if, if you have, if, like, Enter the Gungeon, Nuclear Throne is one that I've played obscenely. I haven't done Gungeon yet, though, and I like that both of you are talking about it. i got to pick it up. I'm so behind it. It's excellent. I'm, donkey. I'm losing. <laughs> uh, sorry, but is there any, are there any other ones? Uh, well, not for me. Okay,
3: random. Right you know.
0: I'm trying to think like a a big one. It's of course mostly an RPG, but I think it, in terms of how everything's procedurally generated, I kind of would count it in its own little side category. One of my favorite games from last year was Darkest Dungeon. Oh yeah. And if you like, if you like, uh, your permadeath. And you're procedurally generated crazy. Oh, wow, that's a, that's a, that is a outstanding game. Darkest Dungeon is going to make you hate everything. It's a very <laughs> cool piece of work. <laughs> oh, but good God, is it so good? It's so good. But yeah, it is, it is crushing, soul-crushingly hard at times. Uh, mm. And yet you get back up and you go right back into it, and it's fantastic. Uh, Nuclear Throne is a game that I go back to a lot it is great, great comfort food. Uh, I recently just this isn't an indie one, but I tried I've been trying the most recent *Sheeran in the Wanderer on Vita
1: Oh, great game
0: it is I mean that is that is old school roguelike. I mean like to a T and I love it, but uh yeah that's a that's a great game as well I, there's I know i'm missing something and this, that I was just playing this week, and i can't think of it i mean rogue legacy of course is fantastic and yeah it i think you're right guys though that this was one of the because especially when it came out on flash because everyone always thinks of it as the 2014 console release but yeah this game did help kick off this recent mm-hmm. slew of roguelikes didn't it mm-hmm. i mean it really was that first one where every that everyone was talking about again uh And then after that, we got Rogue Legacy, and I remember that was the one that got everyone to go, oh my god, this is the greatest thing, I haven't seen it in forever. (laughs) But truly, I think Binding of Isaac was responsible for a lot of that little revolution.
1: Well, I would agree. Hmm.
0: Gentlemen, thank you very, very much. This has been a lot of fun. Mm Oh, thank you. Isn't it so terrible to talk about things we enjoy? So... uh, (laughs) soul crushing task we've 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 appointed ourselves with but no seriously thank you guys so much for for joining me on this one it is always strange yeah. to host a podcast as rob mm-hmm. knows uh <laughs> ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us this was episode 68 of retro encounter uh some little housekeeping for us here at the site we have a very special valentines day episode coming up Oh my gosh! Get excited! <laughs> I know, I know.
2: Saw the trouble uh, card for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh
0: the next game, I know, right? The next game that we will be covering uh, for uh, the game we will be covering for next month is going to be Shadow Hearts: Covenant, which is a game that, while I have not played, I know it holds a special place in a lot of people's hearts. Haha, <laughs> See what I did there? Uh. But yeah, Shadow Hearts Covenant is one of those classics from the PS2 era that I've always heard a lot about, and I'm really excited to hear about the game. It, like I said, it was one of those that I missed back when. Otherwise, please comment about what we've done on the forums. Tell us how terrible we are, You know what we've done wrong and all that jazz. Email us at retro at rpgfan.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at ChrisKabauer. Rob, how about you? Where can people find you?
1: Uh, You can find me on the RPG Fan boards as Towns Carmarty or on Twitter at MisanthroBob.
0: How about you, Donnie Kim?
1: And you can find me also on RPG Fan
2: as DH Kenny.
0: Yeah, I should have probably said that you can find me on the site as well because I I, I do work there sometimes. (laughs) Uh, And it's also Chris Kubauer there. So, again, thank you very much you feel so inclined review us on itunes we would appreciate it it helps so much but either way thank you so much for joining us and have a great rest of your whatever day this may be bye friends